This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello empaths and welcome to the show. Today we're discussing the powerful effect our emotions have on our bodies with our fantastic guest, Dr. Bradley Nelson. He's the author of the best-selling book, The Emotion Code, How to Release Your Trapped Emotions for Abundant Health, Love, and Happiness. And his new book is called The Body Code, Unlocking Your Body's Ability to Heal Itself. I can't wait to dive into these topics with you, Dr. Nelson. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Well, uh, thank you both for having me on, Samantha and Denise. Uh, it's great to be here. It's, it's such an honor. I have a question. So I've read through your book, The Emotion Code. I read it when it came out. And I would love to know, do you feel that certain emotions are heavier than others in terms of how our body carries them. Do you know what I mean? Like, does is guilt heavier than anger? Is shame heavier than sadness? Well, you know, if you look at it in terms of frequency, um, all of the emotions could be placed on a scale of frequency. Uh, the positive emotions like bliss, you know, joy, uh, total gratitude are way up on the positive scale. The ones that we're generally concerned with, though, the ones that seem to cause the trouble for us are not the positive ones, but the negative ones. And uh, and you could place all of those on some tick mark on that scale. Um, the lowest frequency is uh, shame, we believe. Um, and uh, people that are in, a, that are in a, a state of total abject shame, uh, I think will often take their own lives because there's no lower emotional vibration you could gravitate downwards to shame total shame is really i think at the very bottom of the barrel yeah so that makes sense yeah so all of the emotions are you know they they, they all have their own frequency they've all got their own vibration um and some are more intense than others but it kind of depends also on the circumstances on what happened um you know for example uh a trapped emotion of anger uh, might not be as bad or have as much weight for your own being as maybe um, an emotion of humiliation where you were just absolutely totally humiliated, which can get kind of close to shame. <laughs> so you never know. Uh, with the emotion code, of course, what we do is we, uh, we allow the subconscious mind, which knows with a perfect understanding 
what emotional baggage we have and exactly what it's doing to us and what, you know, uh, when it occurred and, uh, and so on. And we just allow the subconscious to guide us to release whatever. And so it works. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's, it's about awareness too of these emotions and being willing to get in touch with them and, and face them in order to heal them. Well, yes, that's true. And that's a, that's a fascinating aspect of this work because if you think about it, our ancestors, you know, for the vote, for the most part had a tendency to suppress their emotions. Right. Um, I mean, think about the Puritans and how they were suppressing their emotions. And then you think about the Marlboro man, you know, and the typical uh, masculine figure from when, when I was a kid growing up, you know, if you were a man, you didn't cry. Uh, it was, it was unmasculine to show any kind of emotions. And so, I mean, those kinds of, um, ways of dealing with emotions go back probably hundreds, thousands of years. And so we're finally now arriving at a point in, uh, in our civilization, I would say, where, where emotions are, are starting to be understood better. And we're starting to realize, um, what our emotional baggage is doing to us. And that's why I wrote the emotion code book was because when I was in my practice trying to help people, um, I was obsessed with getting to the underlying causes of, uh, my patients problems. I wanted to really fix them. And, uh, luckily I had been a computer programmer starting in the early 1980s. I had a business called the computer tutor and I would, <laughs> I'd go into people's businesses that had bought a new IBM PC and there was no software for anything basically. So I would write software so they could get some use out of their computer. And that's what I did. So when I became a doctor, uh, I had this idea that, um, you know, the brain uh, is a computer of sorts. What I learned when I was in practice, really, that gradually became clear to me is that um, the computer within us uh, is, first of all, it's vastly intelligent, uh, more intelligent, I think, than we can even begin to comprehend. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface. I mean, we observe what goes on in, the, in our bodies. We know that our bodies produce 3 million new red blood cells every minute, for example, and there are trillions of chemical reactions going on all the time. Um, you know, every second in our bodies keeping us alive, what's orchestrating all of that? What's really going on? And I believe it actually is the subconscious mind within each one of us. That's just this unbelievably intelligent computer system that we are for the most part, consciously disconnected from, right? And uh, so by tapping into that internal computer, we can get all these answers. Well, if you think about it, the subconscious mind within each one of us is, is almost like an alien computer. I mean, imagine that an alien spaceship lands and you walk inside of it and you're trying to figure out, well, this, this thing's gotta have a computer. There's nobody on board. How did it land in my yard? How does this thing work? Well. The computers that we're used to have kind of a very narrow range of definition. I mean, I'm sitting at a laptop, I've got a screen, I can see things and messages, and then I've got a keyboard, I can type things in. So it's got a screen slash keyboard interface. Your phone has a screen slash touch interface, right? If you have a smartphone. And that's the computers that we're used to operate in that way. But the subconscious mind is like an alien computer. 
It doesn't have a screen. How does it communicate messages to us? Well, it communicates messages to us through symptoms. It makes us feel things. It makes us feel physical pain or things like depression or anxiety or phobias or panic attacks, or we have PTSD symptoms or um, eating disorders, self-sabotage of all kinds. It, the subconscious communicates to us through symptoms. Um, infertility, that's a symptom. Asthma, there's another one. Uh, digestive disorders, there's another one. I mean, you name it, including all the diseases that we're diagnosed with. Imagine that all of those things are really just ways of the subconscious mind communicating with us, putting a message on the screen of the body saying, hey, hey, hello, I need some attention here. I've got some problems going on within that need attention. And you know, until you fix these, you're going to have to deal with these migraine headaches or this depression or whatever it is. So it's a totally different way of looking at the body. But after doing this for 35 years and being a programmer uh, for quite a number of years before that, uh, it's become really obvious to me that uh, this is the new paradigm of how we need to look at the body. So in other words, if you have symptoms, that should be the beginning of a, of a dialogue really with the internal system, the computer, to try to find out what's really wrong. And that's the basis of all the work that I do um, with the emotion code, the body code, now the belief code. I absolutely love that because I, I really, in my own life, have seen a mind-body connection from many different things. I've seen it in people that I love. I've seen it in coworkers when you're in denial or you're not facing that. So hundred percent. How about, um, you know, the whole nature nurture that we might learn behaviors from our parents. So we may have anxiety because that was modeled for us when we were little people, or we may have this, but what about the things that may have been passed down cellularly through that genetic lineage that we may hold? And we're saying, you know what, I want to end this. I want, do, do you see a correlation where things have happened in families? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, um, one of the things that uh, uh, we added a whole new chapter, for example, in the uh, in this this new version of the Emotion Code book, the hardcover version, the old one was uh, a soft cover, but the new hardcover version, at least in English, we added a whole chapter on uh, what we refer to as inherited trapped emotions. And what we have found is that at the moment of conception, we will, uh, almost all of us, receive some kind of emotional energy from mom or dad or both that they might have received when they were conceived uh, from their mom or dad. And uh, these can go back for many generations. And so, uh, so we see this all the time where, for example, uh, maybe a person is having a hard time finding their soulmate. And maybe the biggest reason for that is because, you know, in 1758, uh, their grandmother was jilted at the altar and the grief was so powerful that that became trapped in her body. And then when she eventually conceived a child, uh, that energy was shared down the line. And so emotional energy can be traveling down people's family trees like a freight train. And so people can be uh, experiencing trouble in their life in the present because of something that happened generations ago. You know, I've seen people who, for example, had uh, difficulty with money because of something that happened to an ancestor, you know, a few generations ago. Sometimes things happen, you know, 10, 20 generations ago that we really don't know, uh, you know, what it was about. But, you know, we all have ancestors, right? And a lot of our ancestors went through really difficult things 
so that emotional energy is with us. And the really fascinating thing about this is that when you identify and you release an inherited trapped emotional energy uh, using the emotion code, you're able to identify those generations really quickly. And what we find is that when that emotional energy is released, it releases not only from the person that is holding it that's alive and living, it also seems to release it from those ancestors all the way back. And if that person had passed that emotional energy to a child uh, that maybe has then gone to even in a grandchild or even a great grandchild, when you release one of these from anywhere in that line, it will release from everybody because uh, quantum physics is very weird. And uh, so an energy like this really is just one energy, even though it may be hundreds of years old, traveling down this line, if you release it from one person, it clears from everyone because it's really only one energy. It's And I can tell you stories and stories and stories. I mean, just amazing things that we've Ooh. seen. We love yeah, stories. It, it proves that time is you know, irrelevant and spooky action at a distance. I think it's how they refer to it. So I think those stories were absolutely uh, phenomenal. Uh, Before we talk about how people can start to release these emotions, I encounter a lot of people who aren't really into this stuff, right? I was walking my dog earlier this week and I bumped into a neighbor and she has acid reflux and it's like causing a lot of issues. Like her esophagus is how she's got to go to the doctor and and I said, oh, throat chakra stuff, you know, and she looked at me like, what are you talking about? Are there certain illnesses that you can hear about? And like, for me, I look at an illness and I think, oh, that's the throat chakra or you're having stomach issues, that's sacral or solar. Are there certain illnesses you hear about and you go, oh, that's this trapped emotion? Is it that easy? Well, uh, actually, no. Um, my experience is that um Anything can cause anything. So you just never know what the cause is going to be. But luckily, the subconscious mind, um, now we have a way to communicate with it, and it can take us there. Since you brought up uh, uh, hiatal hernia, um, acid reflux, I'll, I'll share a story with you. Many years ago, when the Emotion Code book first came out, I think this was in about 2008, I was on a radio show uh, with the uh, Dr. Richard DeCenso out in uh, Virginia. I'm on this show. I'm here, you know, in Southwestern Utah. And there's a lady that gets on, uh, she calls in. She says that she's had this hiatal hernia and this reflux that's just miserable. And it's been bothering her and getting worse, you know, for a number of years. So I tuned into her and we explain how all this is done really easily in, in the emotion code and so on. And I right away found that it was a trapped emotional energy and the emotion was resentment. And I traced it back, again, just testing her remotely. Uh, and it had occurred when she was 35 years old, I think. She was about 52 at the time. And she said, oh, yeah. She said, I know what that's about. I said, oh, okay. So I released it from her. She's like half the country away, right? She was calling in from Ohio, I think, or Illinois or something. Anyway, um, she felt a little bit better, you know, and I finished the radio show and forgot all about it. Well, the next morning she sends me this email and it has like a hundred exclamation points in it because that morning, she didn't tell me, but that morning she was scheduled for surgery on her hiatal hernia. I, I had an aunt that actually died in this surgery. I mean, it's not anything to, you know, to take lightly. And anyway, she went in and they gave her the barium to swallow. So then they actually did a, what they call a scout film where they take an x-ray to make sure that everything is where it 
they think it's supposed to be. And the doctor studied it for a while and he came back and he said, you know, he said, we're canceling, canceling your surgery. He said, there's, uh, there's nothing going on. It's, it seems to not be there anymore. There's no pitting or fissuring or anything like that. It looks completely textbook normal. So, you know, let us know if you have any trouble. Luckily, she was seeing a doctor that was, you know, really ethical because some doctors would have gone ahead and done the surgery because there's a lot of money involved. But, um, you know, I'm still, um, I still hear from her periodically. And that was a long time ago. And that was just one trapped emotion. So you can't ever, uh, you can't ever underestimate how powerful one trapped emotion is. And the thing about it is, you see, we're, uh, especially in the US, more than any other country in the world, we're so propagandized by big pharma. Uh, I mean, you can't watch TV. I don't recommend watching TV anyway, but if you watch TV for five minutes, you're going to probably see two or three drug commercials, right? Brought to you by Pfizer and so on. All the news networks, they're all, you know, they're all funded by the drug companies. And it's a very, very corrupt uh, situation. The interesting thing about it is if you go back to the smartest people that have ever lived in recent history, uh, like Albert Einstein, what did he say? He said, well, he said, the medicine of the future will be the medicine of frequencies. Hmm. Nikola Tesla said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. You know, these are incredibly bright people, right? And the thing is, though, we're, we're so used to living in this physical world and we're so propagandized uh, about you know, drugs being the only way. And if there was a better way, my doctor would know it. Well, no, your doctor probably wouldn't know it because, um, you know, your doctor's kind of in a box and he's getting wined and dined by the drug company reps all the time. And it's a very kind of a corrupt relationship that's going on with between medicine and the and big pharma. So anyway, we're, we're finally waking up, see, is what's happening. And we're realizing that Western medicine is great at some things. It's great at acute problems, right? You know, if you're racing the train and you don't make it and you lose and your leg now is over there in the field, if somebody takes your leg and you to the hospital, they might be able to actually reattach your leg, which is kind of unbelievable, right? They can do things like that, but that's acute problems. Most of the time, most people don't need that. But most of the time, most people don't need drugs or surgery either. And those are the two things really that Western medicine has in its doctor bag. It's got drugs or surgery. And most of the time, that's not what you need. Most of the time, the symptoms that people have can be alleviated by finding the blockages that are in the body's way of healing itself. And so that's what the emotion code really is. It's not a way to treat any kind of a disease. The emotion code is just a way to find and remove blockages, emotional baggage that's in the way of the body's ability to heal. And the body code, uh, which is the new book that just came out this uh, last year, the body code is all about finding using the subconscious mind, of course, to find and remove other kinds of imbalances, uh, like the things that you see here. For example, energies that get trapped in the body, uh, things like trapped emotions and traumas and things, pathogens, okay? You can actually use the book. We teach you how to tap into the subconscious mind and get answers. There's another category of imbalances is called circuits and systems, and that has to do with the organs and glands and things like that. And then another kind of imbalance is misalignments. Any tissue can misalign. And, uh, and then, of course, we have to include toxins because uh, if you're toxic, you got to fix that. And then the last category is what we call nutrition and lifestyle. 
So you might, you might be deficient in a certain vitamin or mineral or something like that. But the, the beautiful thing is the subconscious mind within us is literally a computer more powerful than chat GPT, more powerful than any computer that man has ever invented. And it knows exactly what's wrong with us. And it's known all along. But now finally, we're at a point where we, we have, we've broken the code now and we know how to ask the questions and get the answers from the subconscious mind. And that's the, it provides us the shortest distance to get from point A to point B. Point A being where we are now with our health, mental, physical, or emotional, and point B being where we want to be, right? So that's it in a nutshell. It's really simple, actually. Fascinating. So back to the familial patterns, you'll see one sibling out of a whole group that doesn't seem to inherit the traditional things passed down in a family. They don't have the heart disease. They don't have the high blood pressure. They don't have issues with obesity or whatever they might be, but everyone else in the family has it. And I always kind of see that person came in as a, you know what, I'm going to help shift this pattern in the family and, and, and show you that there can be another way and break that, that lineage as we were saying, but most of our listeners are empaths. They're very sensitive people. And you do a lot of work and a lot of explanation about the heart and heart walls. Could Mm -hmm. you talk about that a little bit, please? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, just just to address really quickly what you mentioned, trapped emotions that travel down a family line definitely will skip people. Oh. Sometimes they'll hit everybody, and sometimes they're sometimes they can be like eye color or mm-hmm. like the shape of your ears, like any other uh, inheritance factor. Some people get them, and some people don't. Well, okay, let's talk about the heart because that's really the most important part of the um, uh, of the emotion code, and it's a hugely important piece of. Uh, of the puzzle as far as getting well. So back in the 1960s, let's go back in time. Back then, doctors first started doing heart transplants. I remember I was a kid. It was a big deal. I was always interested in this kind of thing. And uh, it was a big deal. Remember Life Magazine, you know, big full page spreads on, wow, this is unbelievable what they're doing. Well, the interesting thing is it didn't take long before people would sometimes come back to the doctor and they would report strange things. They would talk about how their taste in music or food or sports had totally changed. Sometimes they would have memories of being in places that they never in their life had ever gone to, and yet they had these memories. And so when these people were connected with the families of the heart donor, they would inevitably find out things like, well, yes, our son was a baseball player. And so now you love baseball, huh? And you you don't miss any of the games and you didn't ever go before. Well, maybe that's because his heart's beating in you and he loved baseball. Or, you know, our daughter visited Rome every year. It was her favorite city in the world. And now you have memories of being in Rome and yet you've never in your whole life ever visited Rome. So those must be her memories. How weird is that, right? So there are whole books written about this. It's called Cellular Memory. Well, what we now know is that the heart is really a second brain. In fact, I kind of think it's the first brain, really. I think the heart is the seat of the subconscious mind. Think about this. I mean, if someone is really deeply hurting you or you're really deeply in grief about something, you feel it in your body, don't you? You don't get a headache or an eye ache. You get heartache, right? By the same token, and you can feel that physical sensation, like there's an elephant sitting on your chest or like you can't breathe. We've all experienced that, I think, the vast majority of us anyway. Think about it. On the other hand, if you're at a, um, oh, maybe you're at a concert and the and there's someone that's singing and they're 
and you're listening to them and they're singing beyond their natural ability. And it's like their heart, they're singing truly from their heart. Their heart is vibrating and your heart begins to vibrate too. And you, your hands will go to your heart, right? And tears will come into your eyes because you're being moved. Well, the ancients believed that the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance. And they believed the heart was the core of our being. Well, you know, um, those ancient ideas come down to us today, mainly in the form of the heart-shaped box of candy that you get, you know, at Valentine's Day, right? But that's where those ancient ideas come from. What happened was we had this experience. It was in 1998, actually. My wife woke me up early one morning and told me that she'd had a dream. And then the dream, there were three symbols, and she knew that these symbols were things that had to do with her health and well-being. She asked me if I would help her figure these out. So we figured out the first two. They were a couple of inherited trapped emotions that we hadn't found before. We cleared those out. And then when I turned my attention to the third symbol from her dream, I suddenly had this amazing experience. And I can only describe this as a waking vision where suddenly the room that I was in disappeared. And I'm seeing instead this unbelievably beautiful hardwood floor. And at the same time that I'm seeing this, and by the way, this lasted for several minutes, this vision really was like a waking vision. At the same time that I'm seeing this floor, I have this understanding that comes into my mind that my wife's heart is underneath this floor. And I mean, you know, I don't, I don't use drugs. I don't even use caffeine. I mean, I have to be careful eating chocolate or I can't sleep at night. I don't use anything this came from above really. And I had no idea what it meant. And I told my wife, she had no idea what it meant either. And so we started doing some testing, muscle testing her to try to get answers out of her subconscious mind. What we found was when she was two years old, because she had been born into a, a kind of a dysfunctional family, her father was a rageaholic around age two, she started to put up layers of energy around her heart. And these layers of energy were made from her emotional baggage, from trapped emotions. So when you have a trapped emotion in the body, it's an experience that you've gone through, something's happened, and that energy didn't get processed. And so then it becomes trapped in the body. It's like a little ball of energy, but sometimes you need to protect your heart because it feels like it's gonna break. And so the subconscious will start to build a wall. And so she had a number of layers of emotion built up uh, around this wall. And we asked if we could start to release these and we could, and it took us about two weeks of releasing, we'd release an emotion and she would have to take a couple of days to process. And sometimes we could release two or three and then she'd have to take a couple of days. The price that she paid for having this wall around her heart was that um, it was easy for her to feel negative emotions, hard to feel positive emotions. Uh, she battled with depression and anxiety and any group that she was ever with, uh, even women that she had known for many, many years, she never really felt like she belonged. She always felt like she was the odd person out and that she, she wasn't really part of the group until the last emotion was released and suddenly that wall was taken down and suddenly an immense shift happened for her. That was the beginning. And initially I thought, well, you know, my wife, Jean, she's had a lot of weird things. She might be the only person in the world that has this. And I was so wrong because about 93% of people have put up this wall around their heart, see? And when we get rid of enough of these walls around enough people, 
The whole world is going to transform like that. People have seen it in near-death experiences and visions and things. It's, it's an incredible thing. But what happens is when that wall's taken down, suddenly that core of who we are, which I believe really is the heart, that's it's the seat of the soul and everything that the subconscious, everything the ancients believed it to be, the seat of the subconscious mind and everything else, the seat of love and romance. When that wall is taken down, people fall in love who never thought they would. People have creative ideas that start to just flow spontaneously because the best creative ideas that you'll ever have won't come from this brain. They'll come from this brain, right? And the perfect blueprint for each of us lies not within this brain, but within the heart brain. And we know that the heart is a brain. They've proven it. They call it the little brain in the heart, but the heart's full of gray matter and white matter, just like this brain. But this is where we store our true affinities, the things we really love, the things we really care about, we store those in the heart. Well, let me share one more heart wall story with you, if I can. I think it was about the next person that I worked on after this was shown to us. Uh, it was a nurse that came in to see me because she had really severe neck pain. It was like a nine on a zero to 10 scale. She'd been to a couple of other doctors who hadn't been able to help her. So she comes in to see me. And as I'm talking with her, she tells me that she's 38 years old. She's a nurse. She hasn't dated in eight years. She's single. She's never going to date again. She's going to die single. She was very determined about this. And I said, well, gee, why do you feel that way? What, what happened to you? She said that eight years before, she was really deeply in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart. And that was it. She hadn't dated since then. It was never going to date again. So I tested her and found three trapped emotions had formed into a wall around her heart and Clear those three emotions. It probably took me three or four, maybe five minutes to clear these three emotions. When the, when the last emotion was cleared, and by the way, they all had to do with the breakup from eight years before. When the last emotion was cleared, all of a sudden, her neck pain was just instantly, completely gone, right? Totally gone. It went to a zero from a nine, and she left the office feeling totally fine. And I didn't see her for three months. And three months later, she walks into my office, and I'll always remember seeing her in my hallway, and I said, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you? What's going on? She said, you know, my neck has been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall from me. And that really works. She said, about two weeks after I was here, I found out that my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years. And we're dating. And we're in love. And I think he's going to ask me to marry him. Right? And I just thought, oh, oh what a shift. I thought you chill. were celibate. So... Uh, that's beautiful. It's amazing. She was walking around with that for eight years. And that's the exact time he was living right around the corner. And all you yeah. had to do was help her recognize it. What if someone has a heart wall and they're so out of touch with their emotions, they're not aware of it? How can they become aware that they have yeah. this? Well, you know, 93% of people we find have a heart wall and almost none of them are aware of it. But if you think about your own life, I mean, if there were times in your life where you felt like you were abused or if you've been through a divorce or anything heartbreaking, if you felt that sensation, like you thought maybe your heart might break because of something, if you used to cry yourself to sleep at night when you were a kid, maybe you probably put up a wall. It's a subconscious thing. It's a protective mechanism, see, because the heart is the core of your being and it's the most delicate part of ourselves. And so when that heart feels like it's going to break, the subconscious mind is desperate to protect it. So what does it do? Well, it puts up, it builds a wall around itself. And that wall is made of layers of emotional baggage. But it's easy to get rid of the heart wall. 
uh, now that we know that it exists, but there's a specific protocol that you that you follow. It, it's in the Emotion Code book. It's simple, but but here's the thing. See, before this was shown to us, I, I mean, I'd like to say I discovered this, but I didn't. It was it was actually shown to us from above. I never in my wildest dreams could have imagined something like this is real, that it goes on, but it is. You, you see, when I was in practice, before this was shown to me, there were patients that I just came away, I'd, I'd clear all their emotional baggage, and yet I'd come away feeling like, you know, there's something else. There's something else going on with this person. There's gotta be more emotional baggage. Some of the major things that happened in their life aren't showing up. I don't understand. And so then finally it was shown to me, here's the missing piece of the puzzle, see? It's really the most amazing thing. We've gotten, we have thousands, tens of thousands of testimonials, literally from all over the world, from people who, when that wall is taken down, people who have told us that for the first time in their life, they know what love is, or that for the first time in their life, suddenly they can feel the emotion of joy. People have told us that for the first time in their life when that wall is taken down, they can actually feel the love of the creator for them. I mean, how profound is that? And people fall in love and have, uh, you know, fall in love and get married or have relationships, even, you know, in at really advanced ages. It's, it's hilarious. 93% of people walking around in the world have put up this wall. You want to know why this world is so dysfunctional? I mean, here it is. And look how dysfunctional mankind is. We still think it's okay to drop bombs, you know, to settle differences between nations and do all kinds of crazy things. And people are dying all over the world. You'd think that we'd be beyond that now, wouldn't you? But we're not. Do you know why? Because 93% of people in the world have a, a wall around their heart. And see, the thing is, we don't feel with this brain. See, to this brain, you know, dropping bombs and using war as, you know, as an extension of politics, that makes perfect sense to this brain right? This brain doesn't really feel anything. It doesn't feel all the sorrow and all the angst and all the grief from the people who have to suffer. Um, this is the brain that feels. And when that wall is taken down, you're able to feel again. But not only that, the energy, that pure essence of who you are begins to go out from that core of yours and go out into the world. And then things start being attracted into your life that you really want. Um, I, I have to tell you one more story. One of my favorite stories, one of our practitioners, she said that um, her sister had been divorced for about nine years. Finally, one day she called her up and she said, listen, sis, I know you're an emotion code practitioner and you can help me. She said, I'm tired of being alone. It's been nine years and I'm, I don't want to die alone. I've got to get back out there and find somebody. And so the two of them got together, spent the weekend together. And sure enough, uh, I mean, if you've been through a divorce, you've got a heart wall. And she started working on or releasing this wall. And uh, during the weekend, they were able to get rid of this wall. Well, guess what happened? Monday morning, her phone started to ring. Who was calling? Well, guys that she had known that she hadn't talked to in years. What was happening? Well, that energy of hers, I'm available now. That energy went out into the universe, into the morphic field, into the database of universal intelligence. And of course, their subconscious minds were on that level. And all of a sudden, when she popped up as being available, hey, hey, Susan, how are you? I haven't seen you for a while. And that's the kind of thing that happens. 
and you know, um, I think I'm speaking to the right audience here because you all get this kind of thing, right? It makes 100%. sense to you. It makes total sense, a hundred percent. And you talk about in your book too that it's not just physical ailments; it can be negative patterns and habits like emotional eating that can also be healed through this work. Well, you know, again, um, we don't uh, promote the emotion code or the body code or the belief code as ways, uh, as cures for anything. But the way I look at it is this, okay? Uh, our bodies are divine. The body I believe and know is actually a temple that houses the spirit within us. And that's, that's part of divinity itself, right? And so we have this incredibly powerful computer within us and it naturally wants to be well. The natural state of our bodies is to be totally vibrantly healthy, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Well, why aren't we a lot of the time? Well, because of things that get in the way of the body's ability to heal, see? That's all that these things are. They're just a way to find and remove those things. So for example, some of the things that I've seen, if you think about, um, uh, about weight loss, okay? I mean, I've seen cases where uh, a person couldn't lose weight. One woman I'm thinking of in particular, she'd been raped, okay? It was after the rape, she started to put on all this weight and she would diet and she would do all these things and she would lose the weight through sheer force of will and then it would all come right back again. It was so disheartening to her. Well, what we found was the emotional energies that had become trapped in her body because of the rape were the things that were actually preventing her subconscious mind from being okay to lose weight. Because to her subconscious mind, the rape was not anything that it ever wanted to go through again, ever. And how, how could it avoid that? Well, if she carries all this extra weight, she's going to be less likely to be attacked like she was before. And so that's kind of how things work. Remember that the subconscious mind, it doesn't make judgments about anything. All it does is draws conclusions. Emotional baggage is a big piece of that puzzle. And uh, we have a new, um, it's our third level of certification now in the emotion code uh, or in Discover Healing is our company uh, name. We have emotion code is level one certification, level two is body code. In the body code, you can find all the imbalances that I was showing you in the book uh, from toxins to pathogens, things like that. The next level, level three is what we call uh, the belief code. And with the belief code, we're actually able to identify the negative belief systems that a person has. And, uh, and we're able to delete those from the subconscious mind and put in new ones if we need to. So, you know, the bottom line is that um, we are designed, I believe, to have absolute perfect health in all ways, mentally, emotionally, physically, but things get in the way. And now we know how to find the things that are in the way and get rid of those. So then we can move back in that direction of being totally healthy in all those ways. So that ties in beautifully with where my mind was going with this, because I was thinking you have to identify it. You have to identify the emotion, see where it's manifesting in your body. And then when you were speaking a minute ago, I was thinking, so you've removed this heart wall, you've opened yourself up. Does that, because there's a vulnerability with that, there's a fear with that. There's a pattern that you've established in your life of I'm going to put my shields up so no one can ever hurt me like that again. Yeah. Does that seem to dissipate when someone removes the heart wall or does this, the emotion code, the body code, and then the, would the belief code be where that releases that fear and vulnerability? 
Well, you know, most of the time when, uh, when we take down someone's heart wall, most of the time it stays gone and uh, their heart now is open. And what happens is they shift from where they were to a whole nother level of energy. And by shifting and going up that, ascending that level of energy, that, uh, that scale, all of a sudden the things that were concerning and frightening to them where they were before, they don't really give much thought to. Now, sometimes the heart wall can get rebuilt. The subconscious mind won't allow you to release the heart wall unless it's ready to release it. Sometimes the heart wall can get put back up again. And in that case, there might be other things going on. There may be emotions trapped in other parts of the body, or there could be negative beliefs or other things that we find in the body code. So all of these methods work together, really. Um, and then ultimately, yes, uh, the uh, the belief code can be you know, where a person might need to go because uh, they might have a whole negative belief system uh, about love or relationships or or weight or whatever it might be. But now we've cracked the code on that too. So amazing. Thank you. Really is. I know you have a couple of events coming up. Do you want to talk about some of those for our listeners? Yeah. Well, uh, we have a body code uh, certification event actually that's coming up and that's going to be in, um, that's going to be in February. Let me see if I can look at my calendar and see exactly when that's going to be. Hold on. Here we go. Uh, that is going to be in Las Vegas, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of February uh, this year, 2024. And um, and then let's see, after that, what, what else we have going on? We have, uh, let's see, I'm going to well, be, in, gonna North be Carolina. in North Carolina in April. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the uh, 26th and 27th, I believe, uh, at Art of Living. And so if you're out on the eastern half of the U.S., for sure, you should... Uh, you should come to that event. That's going to be really fun. And Art of Living, if you've never been there, is up in the uh, it's up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's just absolutely stunning, uh, just so beautiful. And then the food. There's a big cafeteria. The food is amazing. Um, come and uh, it's it's a phenomenal yoga center. They've got you know massage. It's a kind of a wellness um, compound. Oh, compound might not be a bad word, but it's it's an amazing place. You should check it out. Um, and then let's see, we're going to be, uh, after that, we'll be doing an event in Warsaw, Poland. Um, the last, let's see the 30, 30th, 31st of, uh, May. And then the 1st of June, we'll be doing uh, an event in London around the 7th of June. I'll be in Frankfurt, Germany around the 14th of June. And, uh, Let's see. And then I'll be in Romania. So if you know anybody in Romania and Budapest will be, uh, or Bucharest, sorry, we'll be there uh, on the 5th and 6th and 7th, I think, of, uh, of uh, July. Uh, then we'll be doing an event in Milan in Italy on the 12th and 13th, it looks like, of July. And uh, yeah, that probably brings us pretty close to I love that you have to like check your calendar. Like if, if someone said yeah. to me, where are you going to be in May? I'd be like, I'm going to be in Poland and then London. I'd have it memorized. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go to Romania. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's yeah, fantastic. I, I mean, look at the beautiful wide reach of your work. That's amazing. Yeah. We were just in Japan actually uh, a few weeks wow. ago. We're just getting over the jet lag actually, but uh, 
We went all the way around the world. We did uh, an event in um, Florida. And then we went to Switzerland, spoke at the uh, Flow Summit there to about 8,500 people, and then uh, went to uh, Taiwan, had a great event there in Taipei, and then we went to Tokyo. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm getting, I, I'm at the age where most people start slowing down and it's like, no, you're just getting started here, buddy. <laughs> so That's what you should be doing. I mean, this is really, really important work. This is, <laughs> oh, totally. this is yeah, more than fine. healing. It's, you know, it's, it's deep, deep work that, as it you is. said at the beginning of the show, goes back generations and goes forward into generations. I and mean, you can't oh, yeah. get more profound than that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm having a blast doing it. It's so much fun. And, uh, you know, people are getting certified uh, by in vast numbers. We've certified over 12,000 people now in the Emotion Code in, uh, I think, around yeah, 80 countries. You, if you guys go to his website, you can click Practitioners Near You. You can click on the whole map. But the nice thing is, from what you were saying earlier, you don't have to find a practitioner in your in your city. Right, you can do this no. via distance. No, this is energy work at its uh, at its simplest, I think, because I mean, kids can do this. You know, you don't have to spend years practicing, and you know, you don't have to go live in a, in a cave in Tibet or anything. You can just read the book and start practicing it. And kids are doing it and having great success all over the world. That's one of the beautiful things about it. And yes, it's done at a distance because it is energy medicine, and energy medicine. Uh, doesn't happen to have any limits on distance. It's like Einstein said, the medicine of the future will be the medicine of frequencies. Well, we didn't know what that was gonna look like, but now we do. It's actually really simple. We had no idea. It's way simpler than we thought it was gonna be. It's so fascinating. And I love that it's accessible to anyone. It, it, this anyone on the planet can anyone. use what, you've, what you're offering and can benefit. I say this a lot. I'm a really, really big believer in a ripple effect. And if you're planting these seeds around the globe, it's going to help transform so many lives. It's beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you. There's really, there's no question about it. I mean, the earth is in a transformational process right now. The way I see it, um, the, the consciousness level of the world is expanding. It's like stretching like a balloon. It's getting a little bigger every single day. It's never, ever going to go back to where it was. There's a whole nother world that is right around the corner from us uh, that's going to be completely unlike anything we have ever experienced. And it's going to be just absolutely amazing. And that's where we're going. Um, but, you know, I mean, the way I look at it, it's like the earth is in labor, right? Mm -hmm. um, trying to give birth to this whole new world. But there are these old constructs that are trying to stop that from happening. You know, these old power structures that want to hold on to their power, but we know how the story ends and uh, we're all yeah. going to need to have, you know, really dark glasses on because it's going to be so bright. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. You know, you're the um, second guest we've spoken to today who has said something similar. He, Our earlier guest was saying that you know, we went from the industrial age to the age of technology. And, we're, and he said that years and years from now, this is going to be known as the age of consciousness. Yeah. And now, you know, you're saying that as well. It's absolutely fascinating. We are on yeah. the precipice of something fantastic. And I like the idea of labor pains because then that yeah. gives us hope because it doesn't really feel like we're super awakened right now. Like you were talking about before with all the wars and everything. But right. I do think more and more of us are turning our lights on and, and reaching out and sharing what we have with others the way you are all over the world, which is fantastic. Yep. 
it's uh, the cat's out of the bag. You know, we're, <laughs> we're finally starting to realize, you know, I, you both have cats. Yes. Samantha, your cat is your cat attending. The, my cat has calmed down. So luckily she's asleep now. Oh, she's such a little, a little starlight. She wants to be, you know, always in front of the camera. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. Nelson. Such an honor to get to meet you in person and talk to you. And we'd love to have you back on when you get back from your global world tour. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Well, uh, the honor's mine, really, uh, Denise and Samantha. Thank you both for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, look forward to our next one. Yes. Love it. Yes. And we'll put um, copies of your books and uh, links to all of that and links to where you can find practitioners in your area as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. Please check, check out Dr. Bradley Nelson's work. And remember, as always, to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.